Welcome to your favorite comic book YouTube channel, Cartoonist Kayfabe. My name is Ed Piscor. I'm Jim Rugg. We are a daily comic book uh, YouTube channel, so we've got uh, a filmography of more than 1,400 videos right now. We might have talked about your favorite comics. Uh, take a gander. Hit the little search field. That's the magnifying glass on the front page of Cartoonist Kayfabe. Search for your favorite titles. If we did not talk about your favorite comics yet, let us know. We have big collections between the both of us, and uh, we will push those comics to, to the top of the list. Got a lot of uh, Spawn and Todd McFarlane coverage uh, on, on the channel as well, so if you dig this video, you'll probably dig that stuff also. We have a Patreon for the King Kayfabers to mitigate the Kayfabe effect and get in on the ground floor. They get all the videos before anybody else. Some, some, sometimes we talk about uh, some pretty rare items. Uh, it's the King Kayfabers who get to find the cheapest copies online before we put these videos out to uh, Gen Pop. So Jimmy, today we're going to take a look at what I think of as the last memorable issue of Spawn. I don't know that that's even a controversial thing to say, certainly amongst our peer group, but uh, what we'll be looking at is Spawn number 29, uh, which is, you know, 270 issues behind, like uh, maybe 300 issues ago of Spawn at this point. Yeah. So we also look at the issue that follows this. And, and, and I agree with you totally about this being like a changing of the guard kind of moment. Yeah. This is where I stop right sure. around here. And I think I, I think I bought the following issue and I think around there, they're like new Spawn costume and it was like a boot or something. Right. It was yeah. The least change of a costume I'd ever seen. But this is about whenever I quit Spawn. Totally. Which, which is almost when I quit Image. Like Savage Dragon's pretty much it from that point on for me. You know what is preceding this is the Angela miniseries yes. of which we did produce a video on that, looking at the uh, Neil Gaiman written, Greg Capullo drawn uh, issue, you know, three issue mini series. I'll tell you a little more about this issue too. I got rid of this. Whenever I purged my collection in the early 2000s, I, I did not keep this issue. Kay Faber sent this issue addressed to me as like, Jim, look at this issue or give this issue a second chance. And whenever you picked this this week, I was like, I flipped through it. There's so many words in here. And I was like, oh, I'm going to dread this. I thought the exercise for me was going to be, how long do I go before I quit reading this issue? Uh -huh. I read the whole thing. This is a strange comic. And um, I found it worth my time to read it. I don't know that it's greater that it all works, but it's really interesting. And, and kind of the parts that go off the rail a bit, part of what makes it so compelling. This comic and the lynching issue, like if, if Spawn would have stayed that, I might have stayed reading it because it's one and done issues. It's dealing with something that was topical at that exact moment. And it's kind of like a little morality play of something that was happening in the zeitgeist right then. You know, the next issue with the lynching stuff, that's like when A Time to Kill came out and it was clearly like influenced by that. Uh, there were campaigns about child abuse and, and, and gun safety and, and guns in the hands of kids around this time. And there was just infinite amount of that stuff. Imagine if like in the internet, when the internet comes out and all the cool story possibilities that would have come from that, if, the, if, if Spawn would have been a MacGuffin to, to explore all of that stuff, uh, it would have been fun. It's ham-fisted. It's written by a guy who, who famously says that he doesn't read anything except the sports page. So in some ways, it's, it's, a, it's folk art. It's one of the, again, interesting parts of this book is it feels like this is way above McFarlane's pedigree as a writer, and maybe it is, but also like he's swinging for a fence in a way with this story, and I, I always applaud that. He has um, a huge disdain. Like when he does like public tours and talks and stuff like that, he always talks about like 
child molesters and child abusers and stuff like that. And he explored similar stuff in his uh, Spider-Man comics. I, I think that Wendigo yeah. uh, Wolverine run has, has to do with like, you know, Boy Scout leader guy or something. And it's just, it's something that's, that's at the front of his creative thoughts. Often we did the Billy Kincaid issue uh, earlier than this. So it's just something that's, that's uh, cl- close to him. I love too how nonchalant it is. Like this kid finds this right in the middle of the day, just yeah. under the tree or whatever. And yeah, sure. Let me gather you up and take you home. <laughs> you look like something I might want to play with. Like I, I'm running faster than I've ever <laughs> run before. If I see spawn bloody under a tree, <laughs> there is a clear, clearly heavy hand of uh, Greg Capullo in the storytelling of this and the amount of cartooning that's in here is something that was made maybe a little lost on me when, when i was a kid i it's not, i i didn't think of this as realistic but i thought of it as superhero comics which is not exactly cartooning but it's stuff like you fall you crack your head how do you communicate that in comics language crack that ground and then he's supposed to be big heavy bend that uh little radio flyer wagon so there's so much good cartooning stuff in here. The Greg Capullo is able to capture weight mm-hmm. really well. These issues are also really interesting to look at in the sense that we know Capullo comes on and then he more or less becomes the penciler with McFarlane doing the finishes for, I don't know, 30 issues, 40? Like, it's a I think, long run. I think run. way more. It's a long run. Many years they work together. But in these early days, you can kind of see that back and forth. Yeah. You know, like, like they're still working it out. McFarlane is higher listing as the artist on this uh, issue when probably it's Capullo doing most of the penciling here. Yeah. But it's it's neat to see those guys like figuring it out. Like, how does this work? How do we work together and make this look like what I want it to be from McFarlane's point of view? Yeah, totally, man. Because uh, you could see the style was much different on the Angela miniseries. Yes. And you could see little glimmers here and there, man. Uh, there becomes like less spotting of blacks as as the tandem congeals into what it becomes. So like these little pools of black here they they feel sort of out of place but here's one of those mirror mirror moments that is to pretty solid effect in in this comic you have little cyan with uh with with terry having like a nice parental moment and then you have the uh, juxtaposition the opposite Handled well with uh, the Steve All of Color, also, by the way. This video is brought to you by the Cartoonist Kayfabe Patreon. Become a King Kayfaber and mitigate the Kayfabe effect. You get all the videos before anybody else. We have more than 1,400 videos up on the channel as we speak. Hit the little magnifying glass, search around to see if we're talking about your favorite comics. If not, let us know in the comments so that we can show off uh, the your favorite stuff on the channel. The videos are brought to you by the books that we make. Before You is a healthy bibliography of the stuff that we have available, but there's new material coming out all the time. The Hip Hop Family Tree Omnibus is coming to you this holiday season. In fact, your store needs to order it now. Uh, they have the, that opportunity to do so. It's going to come out October 18th, collecting all four volumes of Hip Hop Family Tree, plus 140 pages of additional material, 500 plus pages of comics in there. The X-Men Grand Design Trilogy trade paperback is coming to you in November, just in time for Christmas as well. Several volumes of that are out of print as we speak. The current focus is Red Room, and two trade paperbacks of Red Room are out there, Anti-Social Network and Trigger Warnings. Crypto Killers is the latest miniseries of Red Room, and there is a backup feature that is going to show off the characters that I'm covering in my daily comic strip in 2024. So this is going to be a hot key. 
Jimmy's got plenty of stuff on the horizon. Street Angel Princess of Poverty is coming out in November. This is going to collect all of the Street Angel material before Street Angel Deadliest Girl Alive. So you need both volumes to, to have all of Jim Rugg's Street Angel comics on hand. The Hulk Grand Design Treasury Edition book is out of print. So when you see this, it's going to be your last opportunity to scoop up these books. Make sure you do so. You might be able to find some on Amazon, but they are going, going quick quickly jimmy's been in the self-publishing game for a while this 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 past year he's got true crime funnies three non-fiction stories a couple of them uh have wrestling in the subject matter 1986 zine and the bw zine are back the bw zine back in print and 1986 zine is on the horizon we need to do a whole episode on this jimmy now that we're done paying the bills back to the video you know another uh, bit of mcfarlane actually i don't know if it's mcfarlane art there's a hulk piece uh, whenever it's Gray Hulk, but it may not be a McFarlane issue, where Hulk is dealing with an abusive uh, sheriff or police officer of some some sort. And it, it struck me as there's a parallel there, but now that I think about it, I'm not sure McFarlane drew that issue. But it is that thing of, like, what do you do if it's an abusive sheriff? It also reminds me of the Arseface comic. Yeah. You know, like, that's the ultimate villain in a way because, like... This is a small town. Like, nobody's challenging this guy. <laughs> right. This image right here uh, was featured in a perspective... Uh, exercise yes. that Greg Capullo was highlighting in a, a wizard column. I think one of the shortcomings in writing in this issue is how much this sheriff is like, he's a 10. Yeah. Like, like as a villain, he's the paperest thin of villains. Like, there's no redeeming quality of this guy. And I always think that kind of heavy handedness is, is tough. No, I, I hear you. They they play with him in an interesting way when it comes time for uh, for church, mm -hmm. in a way where you know he's kind of the, the the direct opposite. But I agree with you. He's just he's uh, evil. There's, he's just pure evil. Yeah. There's nobody. You know, the banality of evil is real, and uh, there's nobody who wakes up in the morning and is just like, I'm gonna be a piece of shit in a hundred percent of the decisions that I make in a day. Right. I'm gonna open the fridge door like an asshole. I wonder too, um, I remember that image documentary and McFarlane uses an example of like, hey, if you're drunk, quit drinking, you know, right. people call you All that drunk stuff. or whatever. And it feels like he's very critical of alcohol. Oh yeah. And in, in, in that same stuff where I talk about where he, t where he, where he is on tour mentioning, you know, the child abuse, like he'll say that stuff, quit, quit touching kids. Like he'll say it. And, 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 uh, yeah. But you see it here, you know, like not only is he an abusive father, he's also a drunk. Mm-hmm. It's nearly a chick tract in the heavy-handedness of kind it. Of a, that's kind of That's fascinating. I, I might like it more now through the, <laughs> that lens. Because it's written that way where it's just like you have very clear stakes. You have archetypical good guys, bad guys. And and you're you're building up those stakes for, for that inevitable conclusion. How about this like sort of worm's eye shot of uh, Spawn underneath that table in the shack with all the accoutrement that you would expect to see in a little shack. Uh, just really, really well composed. It does make me want to, again, go back and revisit this run to yeah. watch Capullo develop. Because as neat as some of this stuff looks, I feel like these are shots that are not going to be shots he would be doing a year from now. Uh, a year from now in the Spawn kind of run, you know, like they're not McFarlane-esque. Yeah, right. And uh, it's kind of interesting to me to see that evolution. Man, drawing all that stuff in a shed. It, we say it all the time, but that's some of the hardest kind of stuff to draw. Totally. Capullo does well with it, too. Like, almost every scene that we see 
the the rooms, the settings are very believable for what they, you know, what you're trying to communicate. I thought this panel in particular was amazing because you see a lot of this kind of panel and it's a struggle to show somebody looking at a piece of paper. Right. Um, this three quarter shot of the face, even though it's cropped, you only get the very edge. I think it reads well, the hand with the cigarette over the keyboard. I'm kind of amazed by it. You know, like it's probably not something someone's going to look at spawn and go, what a great panel. But looking through this, it's like, that's, that's pretty well done. It's the obligatory salmon twitch, uh, sequence that's in like every issue. And I don't know if it ever built to any great climax, but certainly in 29 issues, these guys ain't about much. It's it's the same, it's the same little back and forth of them just talking. There's never any advancement of their character. One thing that's that's interesting in this issue, uh, just pure coincidence, hundred percent sure of that. I didn't know Sam's name is Sam Burke, and I'm reading those Burke novels that yeah. Andrew Vax put together, and and Andrew Vax like huge champion like when it comes to saving kids, child abuse, all that stuff. Not the first child abuse issue, you know, he's looking at Billy Kincaid and his name's Sam Burke. I'm sure it's a coincidence. I'm sure that Todd McFarlane never read a Burke novel, but uh, it is it is interesting and kind of noteworthy um, as a coincidence. Billy Kincaid and Sam Burke could have been brothers. Absolutely. Separated at birth. You know what? It makes me wonder, like, who named Sam Burke? Burke. Yeah, if it just happened in this issue, because I, I never knew because, his last like, name. Because, like, Bendis t- does a run of Sam and Twitch as a writer, and, I mean, Bendis, I bet you, knows the character Burke. Yeah, yeah. So I, I wonder, like, where that comes from. It's it's so close. Like, to be a coincidence is hard to believe. Yeah, I don't think that uh, McFarlane was branching out too much. Like, just that Angela miniseries was, like, the only extra piece that was that existed at, at, at this time. Um, but we have this back and forth. So, so in issue five, so that's what I mean. Like, these characters are so slow-moving. In issue five, the big climax of which we did a video is, uh, you know, Billy Kincaid strung up with popsicle sticks <laughs> sticking out of his body with paper notes and shit and chains and things. And it was in the office of Sam Burke. So the uh, police chief is trying to like pin something on him. And 24 issues later, there's still nowhere with that. He's still getting to work and all of that. Well, what we what we learned 24 issues later is police chief may be corrupt and right. connected to uh, Kincaid. You're right. All right, and so now we're we're going back to our chick tract of the drunken child abusing father is a pious man when it comes to church time, and this is uh some more of that heavy handedness where the kid is definitely jacked up. And all the people of the town, you, you got this macho-ass butch dad with the face of a pugilist. And you have the people of the town like, oh, your kid's still playing that football real tough, huh? You need to lighten up a little bit. Reference to the mom, too, and everybody missing the mom. And you just wonder, like, how'd she pass? Right. But that wasn't a great life. <laughs> right. And as soon as we get home, uh, we got Pops hitting the sauce. You always have this part too in the in these kind of uh, stories where, in spite of like all the gross shit that we see the dad do, you still have the kid mouthing off a little bit, right. and it's like, what kind of a fucking sadist are you? <laughs> and of course, the ultimate climax for for this issue. We just all know this kid's gonna drop that bottle, right? <laughs> yes, sir. I shouldn't laugh, but it it just feels like so much of this is is cliche. Exactly. Fully over the top, uh, because basically we need to get our dad set off 
in such a major way and what better way to do that than have like the last pint of alcohol depleted in the household so dad is gonna perform a little psychological warfare on the children I forget what it was it was an interview with somebody I know who it was man it, it was uh, I don't remember the dude's name but he was uh he turned out to be a rat for for the mob but not Sam Gravano is like some other dude but he said that uh you know his pops was the uh you know capo regime or something and he was like the nepo baby and something happened where they were going to push the kid out and he said his own dad like like tried to shoot him and pulled the trigger and like a bullet didn't come out and misfired or something but he's like when he pulled that trigger and the hammer clicked like he's like a part of me died anyway that like my pops is gonna my pops really was gonna kill me yeah that's nuts um i don't think of contemporary cartoonists as being great figure artists you know Mm -hmm. because of how much distortion but i feel like this is really hard drawing and he nails it yeah you know and he kind of does it in cartoony language like that little kid is you know proportioned of like a cartoon kid mm-hmm. but it feels like all the mass and the forms all make sense in that drawing yeah you're right man uh the, like the these foreshortened legs very tough, hard to, tough to do the kid on that back swivel pivot and having like the uh the trunk and the pelvis kind of like line up in interesting ways the i feet think even believable the hand around the neck like the head being like above the hand sure even form-wise looks right and we just got that kid blubbering mess it is disturbing it, it feels like this is a story that is just there's too much here for to be handled with the language that is in spawn however it is a disturbing scene sure you know like it definitely gets across like a nightmare for those kids yeah which is pretty impressive <sighs> once again man if McFarlane would have stayed on this trajectory and screw all your CIA conspiracies and all that stuff and just do these kind of like little tongue-in-cheek pot boiler morality plays i would have liked to seen like uh, him handle every kind of social issue this is like spawn is like a team or fall guy or any of those like we get one one episode a week and we solve a problem right and in this case it happens to be this abusive sheriff yes that would have been kind of an amazing weird direction to go not bad transitions between the the wendy moments and and the uh, the spawn moments here this is kind of great too where the kids are begging spawn not to do anything because it'll only make things worse right um and maybe overall it gets better eventually but he definitely gets worse before it gets better yeah another real solid drawing i I like uh two different sneakers on the kids cool poses definitely clearly in proper perspective Mm -hmm. you know where the where the uh feet touch the ground and stuff yeah, there's a solidity to that that I did not often see in McFarlane work. No, McFarlane That's a hard drawing off. right there. Ma- Coppolo, Coppolo can draw, but but he's he's in that school. You know, he's a he's a pro comics artist, and what that requires is that literal dumb down for your audience, double your dollars. He could probably draw academically correct anything you ask him to draw, but that's not necessarily exciting for superhero comics. So he knows how to kayfabe it in a way to make it look fun and interesting confronting the uh the drunken dad as he leaves the bar and here's another one of those heavy heavy heavy-handed pieces where as he leaves the bar the people inside the bar extolling the virtues of how great a fella our guy joe is 
I will say this. I know people like this who are kind of shitty to their families. Oh, yeah. Not necessarily abusive like this, but yeah. just just a dick. Yeah, totally. And they're the nicest people to strangers, and it always would make me mad because there are people close to me that are like this, and I would get so mad. Like, you treat strangers better than you treat your family. Yeah, yeah. Like, uh, familiarity breeds contempt, man, and uh, I've, I've seen plenty of examples of that in, uh, myself, no doubt. Hopefully not too guilty of such a thing. Right. I try to be conscious of it because, you know, it's pissed me off before. This is like a flashback to, I guess, Spawn abusing his wife. You might find yourself hitting someone you love like I did and regretting it forever. Okay. Well, there it is. <laughs> it's a guilty. It sounds like a guilty man right there. Yeah. 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 But he does pull one thing about it. He says that he's going to put a mark on him that'll fade in a month or so. Makes me think of Inglorious Bastards. Right. We, we want people to know what you did here. Right. Yeah, so we turn into a scarlet letter. It's a very disturbing looking image right there, dude. It is, especially because of how that beer can is positioned. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> Got the shadow in the face. Uh, it's not unlike there was that Ethan Hawke uh, horror movie that came out like a year or two ago, man. And there's like a lot of them. He wears a mask and he just sits there like waiting for something to happen in that exact position. Kind of, you know, perfect posture sitting straight up see them scary eyes but uh you know spawn misguided do-gooder right like he fucks this guy up brands him there's only two people who know that this guy beats his kids and they're coming home from school but spawn like leaves uh you know sends the dad back home by the way one page earlier spawn promised them it's okay i'm not leaving but things will get better i promise <laughs> well where's he at now thought right. he wasn't leaving right so he is a devil's angel spawn is man and it's almost like uh it was all coming to this moment the pops is like thumping on the kid with the goon hand and then the older brother sees the gun in the holster what are you looking at what are you looking at you see some weird what, printing? what is this be there it's the i beat kids uh Hmm. you know tattoos from the on the dad and so as you can imagine uh Chekhov's gun was established in act two so you got to put it to use in act three I don't think I noticed that uh there was a silhouette of the gat right there but Steve Olaf is definitely doing everything he can to, to kind of call some attention to it yeah he is and you know when you distort the shape that much it's like perspective right it's on a door that's open you lose the easy read of what is the shape yeah man uh but some more solid figure drawing from Greg Capolo as he draws this uh, very, very burly child abusing father with his tattoo gimmicks all over, advancing towards uh, Eddie, the older brother. And you have your classic off-camera blam. Yeah, very much. And I, I, I think Frank Miller, when I see a blam like that, you know what's funny in this is like it's that serial killer movie point of view. Yeah. He's advancing towards us. Right. right? Which is just a weird it's it's one more weird element in a story that's just kind of strange. Sure. Sure. Uh, opening the door kind of, you know, works. It works. Uh and you know, to show the stage left, of course, you have your Frank Miller type blam that 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 we've we've seen. Uh McFarland famously doesn't read anything uh w with much prose, but 
think he looks at some comics every now and then. Yeah, I think everybody looked at Frank Miller's stuff. Because, I mean, that's in Dark Knight as well as Sin City. So whatever the short list is, I'm sure Frank Miller uh, makes that cut. It's really fun to me when we go back into this to see, like, what's being published here at, at this stage of the game. Yeah, yeah. Sergio Aragones, Mark Avenier are, are at uh, Image at this point. I did not remember them being part of the team that early on. Yeah. I remember they had a, a, a little stint there, but uh, that's, that's much earlier than I remembered. And <laughs> Shaman's Tears is up to issue seven. Like, boy, Mike Growl just pumped out those issues when he had a chance yeah yeah you know he made good on his promises uh, i think he did four issues i think he got tossed and then they invited him back and he did another another round always a good letters page early on you know comparable to like a savage dragon page where mcfarland's answering a lot of that stuff himself i'm not sure who this is gotta be jerry ordway right was that oh yeah because wildstar yeah yeah and al gordon was it jerry ordway yeah, yeah, Jerry Ordway and Al Gordon. I enjoy the art stuff too. The fan art is yeah. really cool. Yeah, totally. Not bad. And then uh, wave two, wave three of uh, of uh, Todd Toys figures, including the Young Blood joints. Man, this thing rocked. I, I had a buddy who who had it, and I'm like, oh man, I got to get the Bad Rock toy. Those toys were always cool, not just the Spawn toys, but any of them that were like the big figures. You know, like the King Kong Bundy, the Andre right. the Giants, yeah. all those oversized, like heavy. They would always be heavier than the other toys. That's for sure. We end this issue with uh, promoting the, uh, the the new costume that is forthcoming. Which, which is uh, subliminally promoting the upcoming Spawn season of toys, Absolutely, no doubt. Absolutely, man. You always, you always need a new principal figure, man. The title character must be a part of uh, the, ne the next wave. It's very impressive that Spawn, able to build a toy empire off of a single character book. You know what I mean? Like totally. if it's a team book, that's one thing. But boy, you got to get Spawn in a lot of costume changes if you're going to be able to roll out two season, two two sets of toys a year. Only sissies change their costume in a phone booth. Uh, that that kind of uh, provocative promotion, huge part of 1990s promo, makes me think of uh, there was a famous ad for a. Vi video game called Daikatana that was like one half of the Doom team. John Romero, I believe, was the guy. Uh, and the ad said uh, something like, Daikatana will make you John Romero's bitch. Yeah, right. <laughs> Could it go, Jimmy? Yes. Okay, favors like follow, subscribe to the YouTube channel, hit the bell so that we can notify you when new videos are available. We are a daily YouTube channel, and we put things out all the time. There's more than 1,400 videos on the channel as we speak. And uh, give the give the channel a search. See if uh, we talked about your favorite comics. If we did not, make sure you let us know. We could put that stuff to the top of our reading list. But ultimately, the videos are brought to you by the books that we make. Jimmy, please tell the people what you got out there. Coming in November, Street Angel, Princess of Poverty. This is my next comic from Image Comics. This is a companion piece to Street Angel, Deadliest Girl Alive, but you need to order Street Angel, Princess of Poverty now if you want to get it at your local comic shop in November. So let them know you want that. With Deadliest Girl Alive, it collects all of the Street Angel comics that I have made to date. Hulk Grand Design is also in stores while supplies last. This is sold out at the distribution level, which means... They may become scarce, hard to find, and who knows, prices go up. So if you haven't picked up a Grand Design yet, do that the next time you see it while you still can. I've also been making and self-publishing lately. So the BW zine, my newest zine, 1986, and True Crime Funnies, my self-published nonfiction comic series. 
uh, will all be available soon on my website. You can also read them on patreon.com slash jimrug. Hip-hop family tree omnibus is coming to you sooner than later. Make sure you uh, get your comic shop to order it because they can now do that at this point. And uh, so many of these books have already been accounted for from online pre-orders that you cannot take it for granted that uh, you'll be able to get this thing just off the racks. So let your comic shop know that you want the Hip-Hop Family Tree Omnibus. It's a 10-year anniversary of Hip-Hop Family Tree, 50th anniversary of Hip-Hop as a Culture, coming out within plenty of time to make this a great gift for the rap music lover in your fan. Even if uh, your favorite, uh, you know, their favorite rapper isn't covered, their favorite rapper's rapper is definitely in this comic. X-Men Grand Design Trilogy is a trade paperback that will be coming out in November. Uh, it's possible, Maybe it's possible for your uh, shop to, to order this one at this point. Uh, it's going to include the Grand Design uh, books that are out of print, and I can't wait to put that into your hands. There are two trade paperbacks of Red Room out there right now, Trigger Warnings and The Antisocial Network, and the last miniseries of Red Room is being serialized right now called Crypto Killers. Issue 3 of Crypto Killers has a backup uh, that contains the characters that will show up in my daily comic strip that I'll start to put out January 1st, 2024, but early adopters can read it right now at my Patreon, new strips every Tuesday. Jimmy, what else do we got going on? You can subscribe to the Cartoonist Kayfabe e-newsletter at the links below this video. You can also find Cartoonist Kayfabe t-shirts, merchandise, hats, mugs, stickers, and lots more at our spread shop. That link is also in the notes under this video. All good ways to support the Cartoonist Kayfabe channel, giving us marching orders, and we'll be on our way. Read more comics.